0: It, like literally I'm like in the in in my head, I'm like singing the intro music as I'm walking in I'm like
1: oh, this, is, this e- is a vibe, even though we don't yeah, we only put it in there post,
0: yeah, but it's in my heart in pre yeah,
1: no, I get it. Hello, everyone. <laughs> welcome to the podcast. I'm Lauren I'm Adam, and we're so glad you're here with us today. Yeah, listening me too. or watching on YouTube or on Spotify mm-hmm. Happy that you're here. Uh, We're Deconstruct. We are an evolving space to support your expanding curiosity. Um, And yeah, we've evolved and we continue to evolve as we all do. I was thinking about that today, actually. Some people evolve in big chunks. So Mm. Mm -hmm. I was talking about human design today with my friend Carrie. And, you know, if you know anything about human design, some people, if they have the six in their profile, I'm not totally, I don't know all the names for everything, but if you have a six in it, like you do, um, then that means that your life is like segmented into th- three portions. So mm. from zero to 30, that's like a big portion of your life. And then it's like roundabout and then 30 to 50 and yeah. then 50 to the rest of your life. She also has the same thing. And so anyway, we were talking about that. And I was like thinking that some people, I feel like that is how they evolve and how they grow and change as human beings is that they have these massive changes in their life and then they they pivot and i feel like i i've pivoted a lot but mostly it's like i'm just i'm just a snowball that keeps like falling down the hill
0: i feel like like you (sighs) you you just kind of announce your changes in a different way like i feel like i am also a very different human than i used to be but it's kind of just been it just happens Like, I just kind of look back three years ago, four years ago.
1: I wear a lot of my thoughts on the outside. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And maybe it's just the way that I perceive it, too, because of the way that we have conversations around your growth and Mm -hmm. because you are more of a leader Mm -hmm. in the ways that we grow between the two of us. And so it's like when you are having these massive growths and you're doing all this research and and really actively pursuing change mm-hmm. of, for yourself, mm-hmm. you want to bring me into the fold of that and show me what you're doing. Yeah. But um, I still
1: feel like I'm a little snowball just building and building. Yeah. Rolling down a hill.
0: I guess that's what I'm saying is like, it seems like chunks to me, but I think to you it's just consistent and you're just oh, kind of yeah. filling me in. Yeah. On occasion.
1: Yeah. F- yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, some things are drastic, so maybe that's why you feel that way. And you're not yet 30, so we don't know. Um,
0: you're not yet 30 either.
1: I'm not. At the end of this month I will be. Um but You are almost thirty. Once you <laughs> I am. But once you hit thirty, then we'll see. Maybe there will be a new season of your life. Hey.
0: Look, I have been about a year and a half behind you on a pretty consistent clip. So I think I think we've got good things
1: coming on the up. horizon. Yeah. I agree. Actually speaking of my birthday, actually I don't know what should I say it? my my theme because it kind of it goes yes, with yes you
0: absolutely should okay,
1: it goes with our our theme for th- today but i will be turning 30 at the end of this month yay very exciting Woo-hoo. i have felt 30 my this entire year i've uh-huh. been saying like i'm 30 this entire year because it's just felt right honestly 27 was my golden birthday and but it one, it was in the middle of covid and the, not ideal yeah you know you and my sister try to make it the best it could be, but it just it it was what it was. the year of twenty seven was great, yeah, but I feel something really extra special with the year thirty for me. um three is also my what is it called My, my um life number, my spirit number you know when you like add your birth date stuff together and you mm-hmm. like yeah, it's like all this different stuff, but three is my number, oh, wow. yeah. So I wonder if that's why, but anyway, that being said, I'm turning 30 and I'm going all out. I'm I'm having, I'm, I have plans with my closest friends and we're going to go to the beach. It's a whole weekend. And the theme is going to be, hopefully nobody steals it by the time this comes out. It's like literally one (laughs) week, but no, I, I doubt they will. Um, my, the theme is thirty going on thirteen versus it's so good versus thirty versus thirteen, 13 going, going on, on 30. thirty. Yeah, so I'm so excited about that. We are that.
0: embracing the inner child.
1: We are like
0: I mean, there couldn't have been a better time for the Barbie movie to come out, honestly.
1: It's so funny. I was thinking about that. Um, there are so there are a lot of events that happened this year that really brought the feminine a lot of healing. Mm-hmm. like the feminine energy a lot of healing the feminine in general just a lot of healing and although anyone who knows me knows I'm not a swifty at all i think the eras tour and like like the sparkles and the glitzy and the all the like the vibe of everyone going it's very like girly and it's very feminine it's very w- like wis wispy and like mm-hmm. all that vibe and then the barbie movie came out this year too and it, it it's I put those two together because sometimes when I see people doing outfits, I I don't know if they're going to Taylor Swift concert or if they're like doing a Barbie themed thing. And I just, we've gone years now, especially if you're my age, we've gone years since we were 13 or 12 or 11 Mm -hmm. when we were into glitz and sparkles and disco and like the dance parties in our room and pink and like Being in our feminine in that way, in a way that was like playful and innocent, and I do think, like you said, like the Barbie movie came out this year, and it's like no better time than now.
0: Well, here's the thing that I feel like nobody's really catching from Barbie, and this is not what we're talking about today. Today is not the Barbie episode. Yes, it is. I mean, we're talking
1: about it because here we are.
0: (laughs) But like, I I love I love seeing so many men healing with the whole "I am enough" yeah thing that's happening. I think that they're missing the point. I am Kenuff from Ken is actually an affirmation for women, because the whole premise of the movie is that the representation of women in our actual society is being portrayed by men, by Ken, mm. because the the whole script flip thing that's mm-hmm. happening in Barbie Land. So Ken finding his independence and his value outside of the relationship that he has with Barbie is supposed to be portraying what happens in the world and what is supposed to be happening. And I think the really interesting piece of that is that Ken has his outburst of hyper-individualism and independence and aggression toward the system that he felt oppressed by. Right. That is the hyper-feminism that has been happening. And I think the healing that is coming from the I am Ken Uff, that whole era that's happening right now is re-healing the feminine. I think it's about re-embracing that, like you don't have to be hyper-independent and root into your angsty aggression mm-hmm. to be able to like be enough to mm-hmm. be able to be valuable. To you be, can you can be exactly what you to are. To be, be a valuable. lawyer, to
1: be a yeah. boss, to be a mom, to be a, you know all these different things. It's like you already yeah, like you are enough. Yeah, I think that's interesting.
0: I like. Don't get me wrong. I love that men are 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 hyped about Ken and feeling so represented in a yeah. lot of ways. But I just feel like that's a piece that's missed.
1: Yeah. No, I think there are lots of things that if you like watch it or re rewatch the Barbie movie, there's lots of subtle messages that I feel like we're just continuing to glean
0: mm-hmm.
1: from. But yeah, I don't think there's a better time than now than that for that movie to come out. Obviously, for my birthday, thirty going on thirteen. Represents the things that I loved when I was 13 and maybe even a little younger, to be honest. Um, but it, like I looked up the playlists or I looked up the hits for the year 2006. Nice. And they're amazing. <laughs> yeah. Hips Don't Lie was like number two or something, um, which I remember. Absolutely. like Absolutely. I, I, That's like one song I I think I've told the story before, maybe not on the podcast. But like I remember thir- or I was 12 years old when I got a room to myself and a room of my own. And I remember playing the radio during the summer, and it's the first time I ever listened to music that wasn't christian Christian because it was a radio it was a radio in my room, yeah, no yeah. it was like riveting yeah to listen to the hot whatever it was one hundred or something I don't know yeah. um and I remember just laying in my bed and turning it on because like what else do you do in two thousand and six um <laughs> I need a
0: visual of this radio. Is this, like, one of those, like, cute see-through radios? Is this, like, straight up, like, big black box box with the detachable sides? Yeah,
1: huge, huge boombox. All right, I dig it. And um, I remember Hips Don't Lie coming (laughs) on the radio, like, a lot. And so that makes sense. Anyway, so the fact that it was number two, like, that just checks out. Anyway, the music's amazing from that year. I also was, like, a lot more, like, feminine and... Mm -hmm. um, yeah, like I said, like I like the glitz and the things like that. And I don't, and I didn't have a sense of like feeling like I needed to be more masculine yet. Like I didn't have that, like feeling like I needed to like prove something. And I was allowed to just like enjoy the things that I liked
0: well it's interesting because even when we started as a band and you were like you have to wear all black black lipstick you were doing the thing you yeah. you had told me that rainbow was not a it's not a color but rainbow was your favorite aesthetic and yeah. even though like you were in complete opposition to that with everything else that you did in your life it still was your favorite thing no and I,
1: my 13 my inner child was like
0: you're like no we still like rainbows. always
1: staying true no my first my yahoo name was rainbow princess <sighs> um so yeah, I always loved my rainbow.
0: Well, I think the thing is, is like, as growing up as a Christian, rainbows kind of took on a certain stigma that unfortunately pushed us all away from it for a little bit.
1: Yeah, like color in general. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I agree. And now we love the rainbows. Um, but yeah, so it's something like I'm obviously learning to embrace again. And along with like the things that genuinely just bring me joy and like it's it's about learning It really is about learning the feeling, again, about what, like, what it feels like for something to bring joy. Like, I don't know truly how to explain it other than when something, when you see something and it's, like, it makes your eyes, like, Mm -hmm. happy. When you're, like, your eyes feel, like, warm and fuzzy. (laughs) Whenever, like, something, like, it doesn't have to fit, like, a stereotype or it doesn't have to fit... Like for me, it's not like not all pink things. It's not all feminine things. It's Mm -hmm. just random little bits that instead of just saying I'm an all pink girl or I'm a all this person, I just, I'm allowing myself. And this is a long lesson I've been learning my whole life, but I'm allowing myself to like the things that just that I like, like finding what in the world (laughs) actually brings me that inner, childlike joy and I think the childlike joy is just something that brings that warmth to your eyes
0: for me it's always like it's always the thing that makes me feel embarrassed to tell anybody which I guess is probably some sort of trauma response but like Mm. it's so vulnerable to actually be in joy not not in like a not happy not like doing something cool something that like is relaxing and fun not but something like,
1: that you know other people will like give you a stamp of approval for yeah. that's a different type of like oh it kind of feels good to like wear something you know other people will like even though you are not totally comfortable it does bring a yeah. bit of happiness mm-hmm. but not the childlike joy i think joy. there's
0: a, i think there's a difference between fun and joy that i i haven't really allowed myself to root into because it's like there's just so much of like um i still so have so much of a, a stigma for myself that I need to be this like serious person who has these deep conversations about things. And I'm like, actually, no, I just want to be a complete nerd, but also like I, uh, but I'm, but I'm also not a nerd. Like I'm over here. Like I just want to play magic, the gathering cards with you and do all these things. But also like, but that's also like not my, per- I think You're the hard thing is, to is figure I'm it like, out. I'm still trying to figure it out. And I don't know how to align myself with the communities that have already accepted that joy in themselves. Right. That's I think the hard thing for me because it's like these identifiers that like okay if I'm in a community that does X Y or Z that the mm. world perceives as something outside of social acceptance, it's really hard to align yourself with with that kind of group do even if like, it is the thing that brings you joy.
1: Do you feel like you ever had a group of people? And I ask that just because I like my answer is when I was doing musical theater, like I, I felt like very silly playful I could be loud I could be serious I could be dramatic like I could be whatever like all these different things and like I felt like that community was a little bit of that for me and although yes maybe one day I'd like to get back into it for now I can kind of tap into that energy of being like that's the kind of feeling I would like to get maybe it's not going to come from there but Maybe you can come from somewhere else.
0: I think the one that I've, that I've allowed myself to fit into the community that has brought me joy. And also I was willing to accept was wrestling was like fighting. Mm-hmm. It's like kind of a weird thing there. People are kind of like, Oh, you kind of like you roll around with sweaty boys and leotards. Like that's weird. I don't and think so, anyone like, thinks that that, well, <laughs> I, maybe that was just me that perceived it that way or it was my own insecurities. But like, but I spent a majority of my life in that community and committing myself to that. And, I think that was one thing that I really did feel joy. I felt playful there. Like mm-hmm. I felt like I, I've told you before that like when I'm in my physicality of my body and I'm just letting it flow, mm-hmm. whether it's drumming or fighting mm-hmm. or hopefully, well, I mean, dancing, I dance even though I don't, I'm not trained on how <laughs> yeah. um, I, I think there's something about that. That just brings me joy.
1: That's why we dance so much. Adam and I will shut down
0: we will start part. it up and shut it down <laughs> literally. <laughs> literally we're the ones creating the circle in front of the dj booth um and i think just that has been the thing but it but but that's the thing is it's like it's kind of socially acceptable for me it's a masculine thing it's like a mm. it's like something that I don't
1: think that's necessarily bad though because it is something that's like you're in your body
0: yeah and that's what that's the way i felt connected to it and so it's like it comes it comes with its
1: I understand that was same with dance with musical theater. I think, I think when it comes to childlike joy, there is a lot to do with the embodiment of it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just something that's like, Oh, that puts a smile on my face. Actually, that, that makes me kind of like think that part of the feeling, I think that I am trying to like describe too is, although I've never, I've never been like tested for autism or anything like that. I do feel like I am neurodivergent in some way or the other. Mm. Whether it's like ADHD or autistic or just like really um, highly sensitive. I'm not sure. I have, again, never been tested. However, I've like learned a lot about it. And as people who have special interests do, <laughs> <laughs> learn a lot about it. And one of the words and one of the things that I've, I've learned about is stimming. Mm-hmm. And I definitely relate to stimming in this, in whenever something brings me joy in the way that like, it's kind of childlike almost like um, almost embarrassing and I just in like my body like f- like tingles and it like I want to do that thing over and over and it makes yeah. me kind of like 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 spinny like yeah. it, like another word for that like spinny like every like my my whole body just feels like it's being a, like like a electricity is just like flowing through it and it's like this is so exciting and I, I kind of jump around and I'm like oh I love it my my voice changes a bunch mm-hmm. like that to me when that kind of thing happens and that's something I've it's taken me so long to learn how to let happen again um that's when I know that like I, that's it's like bringing me childlike joy and I think the embodiment like the body part Is an important aspect of that and whether it's like it comes through being in your body and it's like, oh, I'm finding childlike joy because I'm moving my body. And it's like she or he has been stuck in there, like, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to to move. So so trying to get a little bit enough out. Uh Yeah. And get that like kind of stimming feeling like moving through their body. I think. Being able to tap into that and allow that to come through and be loudly excited about something is like a practice that I've Mm -hmm. done for myself.
0: So I guess my question then is like, how does, how does allowing yourself, how does practicing allowing yourself to be in that joy and to like be associated with uncomfortable communities or self-identification? Like how has that helped you grow? Like how has that changed your mindset as you've, as you've started leaning into that?
1: Well, I think allowing myself to do it in front of not just like by myself but in front of other people and mostly I do it with people I trust because I know like they'll love me no matter how much I'm squealing or like twirling or whatever it is Mm -hmm. Um, so it's been like a practice in that and then eventually like I want to be able to like bring that part of me to the public in a more like normal state Um, it's also It's just shown me ways that I've dampened myself in order to not seem um, to not put external pressures on myself because, and again, this kind of goes in that like neurodivergent kind of conversation because sometimes I'm very low energy and chill Mm -hmm. and that's very natural for me to be as well. When I'm like, I, I sometimes to the point where I don't really have emotional responses to people when I feel like I should. And so I have tried to find this middle ground to be like excitable, but not too excitable to where people <laughs> expect me to be yeah. like that, like childlike stimming feeling or like whatever that looks like. I, I have a hard time showing it to people because I don't want them to expect that from me when they show me things that are just like normal or they share yeah, things that are you, like,
0: you like want to feel authentic when it, when you do it, when it
1: happens and like not feel like I, that always needs to be how I present and then again, on the flip side, sometimes I I want to be able to feel like I can just show up and not perform. Yeah. And I think because of how my energies flow, being sometimes being really chill, and then all of a sudden being very like excited and mm-hmm. flappable. <laughs> <laughs> um. I, I, I have a, this fear of being seen as like, like too much mm-hmm. or not enough or, like two highs and lows and it's that that comes from that comes from like family trauma stuff where all like I really wanted consistency with emotions I really wanted consistency with responses yeah. and I didn't have that especially in my younger years just within my family it was sometimes we sometimes was quite turbulent and I didn't always get the same emotions mm-hmm. from the exact same actions and that made it hard for me to allow myself to be in the ebb and flow of my own emotions and rather i felt like i needed to keep myself at some like medium lukewarm level so that yeah. i didn't do <laughs> that to anybody
0: else so you didn't add to the problem that you saw around you right yeah i get that i mean i tend to be very much the same way if you know me, you know that I can tend to be like pretty, not monotone, but I can, but I tend to stay pretty low key most of the time, unless I get really excited about something. And
1: you, you're pretty excitable. Like you're very, like, yeah, very I'm very supportive. smiley. Uh huh.
0: Yeah. I am supportive. That is my job. I am support. I am support Ken.
1: Support team. Oh, support Ken. <laughs>
0: um, I think, I think the thing for me is that as I've been trying to root into play more, I think it has allowed my body to believe that I'm safe more often mm-hmm. because I think like generally I try to orient myself around the inverse of that where like, I feel like I have to seek safety first to be able to allow play mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in my life. Yeah. And that just like, and sometimes it
1: just, that's true. Sometimes it is true. Sometimes
0: it is. Yeah, absolutely. But I think like, I think as I start to like dip my toe into play in environments where maybe it's a little questionable yet, I think it shows me that I am safe in a lot more environments than I would assume otherwise. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. It, and it really inspires me. Like it really is like, Oh, actually no. Okay. This is okay. I'm I'm not in danger. Like this is fine. People understand who I am. And I, I feel like just because I'm such a, I'm such a methodical person that like when I'm going to sit down and like have an evening to myself and just like chill and like get into the zone. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is a 45 minute ritual for me to even get settled down to start doing whatever it is I want to do, which is good. I love the ritual of it, but like sometimes I feel like I miss out on the actual relaxation and calm and fun because I'm trying to, I'm trying to buffer it with ritual on either side. Yeah. And I think switching that up and just starting and then maybe finding the ritual, And maybe finding the things that help me settle while I'm in play Mm -hmm. is really is really helpful for ushering me into that more in my life rather than it being this like side project moment where Mm -hmm. I'm like I have to remove myself from the world to be able to be in that
1: so so what what sort of ways does that show up like or how do you do that in in those spaces like do you have examples Mm -hmm. I think dancing is a huge one going
0: I mean when we go out I I if I don't get into my body pretty quickly I can actually start to be more uncomfortable I can find myself feeling less safe when I'm getting into these conversations and mostly I think that that's like a I think it's just like I know that I am a protector I'm usually out with you and your girlfriends though and so I'm like I know I'm the protector of the group and so like
1: protector Ken yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> exactly. Support can. Yeah. Whether that's physical support, um, I think it's like there's there's a few different ways that that can go if I don't get myself into my body and immediately mm. start getting into play and being fun. And that is, I can either start feeling like the weird dude that's tagging along, mm. not that anybody, no, makes me feel None that way. my would ever do that. No, not at all. Or I can get hyper vigilant mm. where I feel like i my jo- I'm doing a job.
1: Mm-hmm. Right.
0: And I think and I've seen
1: you do that. And then you're like,
0: and then I'm kind of gone. Yeah. And I think, I think both are good in their, in their own way. And they're both necessary to be able to like tap into those. But I think Mm -hmm. giving myself the opportunity to be in play first has been really helpful to be able to kind of let those things happen a little bit more and flow and a little bit more naturally.
1: Right. When you're not in a club <laughs> yeah. when you're not like around music in that way for like social settings or say you're at work or say you're at your other work or whatever is there a way except for dancing that allows um, you to tap into that? i think this is
0: something that's pretty normal for people in general but like just doing something while i'm talking to people mm-hmm. because my big anxiety comes with social anxiety mm-hmm. like as much as it would seem like i enjoy talking i have such a hard time with um small conversations yeah i have anybody like the surface has, level stuff is really difficult for me anybody
1: who has a podcast i'm pretty sure are the people who can't do small
0: talk. <laughs> that makes sense literally like small talk is not for us we literally just put a camera up so that we can justify having long conversations yeah um So I think like a social lubricant for me is just doing something, doing a task, whether it's like making food together. I love that. I love making food in general. I love like hosting whenever Lauren and I host like a house party or something. I love being the like, the like, um, what what do you call it? Like the the (laughs) the the hostess with the mostest, I guess. Um, yeah, I love, I love being that for people. And so I can tend to take that on and that makes me feel like I'm in play because I'm I'm doing a thing that just makes me feel good. Yeah. I don't know. There's just something about um, distracting my brain with something that's just physical, with something that I enjoy that's like kind of mindless, but also just like a specific task. Yeah. I think that really helps me just stop focusing so hard on trying to have a conversation which pulls me out of the oblig the obligatory like deep long conversations and actually lets me have the surface conversations a little bit. So you more want to easily. have the surface conversations? Well, I, of course. I mean, I would love to be good at just having funny conversations and joking with people. That's like, I mean, that's. I feel like that is something that I miss with men. What? Because most men just
1: the funny the the what is it the, the banter? Word? Yeah.
0: Like I'm, I'm just really. I mean, I have my own personal reasons for being really disconnected from male friendships, but like, I think one of the things is that I just, all I can do is, or I feel like all I can do is just have deep conversations. And a lot of guys are just like, I I don't want to, they either don't want to be vulnerable or they don't feel comfortable or they don't really think about the same kind of topics that I'm thinking about. And so they don't have these like they don't have all of this information and all of this like beta testing basically to get out of them.
1: I don't think you do that as much as you think you do. I mean, maybe you used to, but I see you like bantering with people back and forth all the time now. I think you, I think it's in in your head more now that you are afraid that you're going to come across a certain way.
0: Yeah. I think I think it's helpful that we're like just having more fun on the podcast. Yeah, I agree. That we're just kind of, we're just kind of doing the thing, making sure we have fun. Yeah. And as that's become more of the like intention Mm -hmm. behind what I'm setting aside time for, I think that that just kind of helps me do it habitually.
1: That's good. good. Yeah. No, I feel like my, my, the radio show that I do twice a week kind of helps me do that as well. Yeah. Helps keep me like, keeps my... Head out of the sand gives mm-hmm. me a little bit more like light on my feet, yeah, yeah, no i I completely understand, and I think there are things that we need to do to kind of give us all practical ways to tap into that childlike energy, no matter I mean no matter what it is, I think an embodiment practice is going to bring that forward,
0: yeah, and I think too that like as I am. As I'm allowing myself to get outside of those, like, deep conversations... I, th- I think a lot of those deep conversations are rooted in trying to, like, shed an identity. Mm-hmm. I think it has a lot to do with, like, I'm processing this thing. And that's why I can be really vulnerable for people is because it's, like, I'm trying to process either some identity that I have been mm-hmm. or breaking down something that I disagree with. And, like, trying to, like, figure out my actual beliefs. You're and deconstructing I, and, it. Yeah. Well... <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Like I feel like I'm I'm creating voids in my life in a way mm-hmm. that I don't know that it's necessarily appropriate to bring into conversation with other people and then also make them fall into this existential crisis and also dig this huge void in their life without actually having the capacity or the research to be able to like support them through that deconstruction.
1: Well... Also, if you think about it, I mean, throughout life, we're always going through that cycle of like, we're constructing or we're deconstructing, we're constructing, we're de- it's like, kind of, we're building up and then we're tear- tearing down just to like, kind of rebuild. It's like us, it's like a cell, you know, just that growth yeah. in that way. And I think in a lot of ways, the deconstructing part, um, is perhaps more in the masculine. Um, mm. think about like a kid when they are like putting together these blocks, right? Yeah. They don't like just... I mean, unless you're me, but they they don't really just like blow it over like this, like big castle. They don't just like take one little brick out. I mean, again, unless you're me. Um, but most kids, you watch them do that and they're like running towards it. They're like screaming. They like and they, channels like, sh- their aggression. They like love, they kick it and they're like, yeah, it's aggressive. It's in the masculine. It's um, mm-hmm. I'm tearing something down. I want to see what happens. I want to like understand when I come at it with all this force, like what's going to, what's, what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And although that's being a child doing that, so that in and of itself is childlike, which is part of life is the constructing and then deconstructing and then reconstructing like that in and of itself, the process of going through all those things mm-hmm. and embracing all those things is childlike. However, the deconstructing part I would say is more in the masculine mm-hmm. energy and the, the constructing of the 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 big building the the block tower or whatever it is i'm i would consider definitely more in the feminine which is what we would understand probably more as mm. a childlike energy
0: i feel like so many people are afraid to rebuild right now too like i hear so much that like i don't want to reconstruct another thing that i'm just going to have to tear back down
1: that's understandable that's really understandable. I mean, I, I honestly felt that way for a while, no, like a long while. I was like, I have n- like I have no identities. I don't want any identity. I refuse any box, you know, all these different things. And like at this point, I'm like, no, that's not helpful either. Like living in the fear of like, you know, be living in the fear of building something just for it to all come crashing down, whether it by be it by me, by someone else um, or another season or whatever. I don't think living in fear in that way is like really the way to go. I think allowing myself to at sometimes fit in boxes and then letting them fade away as they do. And then uh, I, perhaps I fit in another label and then that falls away. It's not about not having identities. It's about the detachment of those identities mm. that I think is, is something that I've been really trying to like, I've been trying to implement that. I guess in my own life which I don't know if that's childlike play or if that's just me yeah. trying to be on my healing energy and <laughs> healing journey.
0: Well, I feel like if you're never trying to actually build something back, you will never dis- rediscover something good. Mhm. You'll it's kind of like we were having the conversation the other day that like getting to baseline is not the goal. I mean, like it's a goal along the steps, right. like along the journey, but I feel like there's there's also And so many people that do deconstruction work are like, there is no, there's no goal. There is no Mm. like place where you settle down. Right.
1: There's no, yes. Right. There's no end place. Yeah. You don't land somewhere, Yeah.
0: but like, come on. Like it's fun to discover new things. It's fun to land. It's fun to land and to build something up beautiful and something that you're passionate about and then be wrong. Right. Like I know it's really like traumatizing and it's really difficult to shed some things but I think it's a practice in vulnerability. And I think it's something that helps you be able to like strengthen your emotional metabolism. Like if you are building things up and breaking them down, you're learn. It's like learning how to, how to handle a breakup and how to be valuable in your own body and realize your own worth. And like, and then still go back out and present yourself and say, no, actually I don't want nothing. I do want something, but here's some new rules about what I deserve.
1: Which is why I feel like I see myself as a snowball that's just rolling down a hill.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just like, I, at least personally, I'm in a, I'm ready to be in a season of building something good. Like, I don't want to just tear down the bad. And I think maybe as, as like simple as it seems, I think having small talk conversations is a piece of learning how to build something good. I think, like, rooting into something that you're really nerdy about that brings you childlike joy that makes you feel really uncomfortable and letting that be your identity for a minute is what is reconstruction.
1: You, Sorry if this is, like, kind of a, another rabbit hole, but, like, you realize that's why I got into watching reality TV.
0: <laughs> no, I did not.
1: Because I needed something to be, like, not so serious. That's and amazing. something to where I could watch other people talk that was like it was just about nothing that mattered to you that mattered at all really in general um and seeing how people like socialize interact what they used like i it sounds like kind of crazy but like i love watching reality shows to study like human interaction (laughs) and i understand that it's it's produced but it has it has allowed me like when I was in the season where I started making friends, mm-hmm. I was watching Selling Sunset and Gossip Girl. And I know <laughs> You're it's You're learning like,
0: how to manage relationships.
1: I was learning how to manage relationships. Uh-huh. I was learning, hey, oh... And I, I'm not saying I recommend this for everyone or that like partying or alcohol is the the what, what you need. But I learned for like a little season of my life, I was like, because I was so scared of partying and I was so scared yeah. of, you know... Alcohol and all of that, that I honestly needed a season where I was like, let's get lemon drop shots. And I, cause I saw that on one of the shows that I was <laughs> when watching. When you at told the time. me that,
0: when you told me that you were watching Selling Sunset and the reason you started ordering lemon, lemon drop drops. shots is because they did it and it looked fun on TV. Yeah. You're like, I don't even really like lemon drop shots, but it looked fun and now I do them.
1: And now I do them and I like them now. They're just expensive. But, But I learned that everybody loves to take a shot. Like, I love that everybody likes this, like a communal thing that everybody can Mm -hmm. like cheers and then they can throw back. Like I was learning something about humans and socializing in a light way that wasn't like, Mm -hmm. let's be serious. Cause I, you know, where we came from was the, the conversations that mattered in the, the religious world Mm -hmm. were the ones where you're like boohooing, crying, and then you're coming to salvation and like that's that's serious shit
0: like of course yeah
1: you're like winning people's souls over from eternal eternal damnation kind of like that's like very serious to deconstructing our faith which was again very serious and I was I've just always been a very serious person and so have you which is like what bonded us Mm -hmm. but that's why I went through this season that I did and I'm still in that I'm now I'm like I still love reality shows because it, it again it it like it makes me light on my feet. Like it Mm -hmm. it reminds me that there are so many different types of people and types of relationships, types of conversations, ways that people bond. And again, and more than just lemon drop shots. Okay. But that's like an example of something I could take in a practical way. And guess what? I made friends. Yeah, (laughs) it happened. It worked for me. And that's like,
0: it's (laughs) just one
1: of those things that I don't think people, or even you realize when I'm like, I'm in a constant state of like absorbing information and figuring out how I can apply it to my life.
0: Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I was just, as you were talking, I'm like, you know, honestly, I think research is a, is a way of like solo play. It's kind of oh, like,
1: oh my God, you, yeah, you have no idea. That's, like, like it really my is. Life. I
0: think it's such a, it's such like a independent t- opportunity for you to like be in something that's lights you up but but 100%. you don't have the community around it but i think these little things that That's are community based mm. is a, such a different version of play and of joy yeah. that like because i think honestly because you can feed off of other people's energy right you can feed off of other people's excitement and they for me i'm like when i tell people that i watch anime religiously mm-hmm it's like when I see them light up and feel like they have something that mm. they would normally be ashamed of, feel be validated by somebody that they want to be in conversation with. Yeah. And then we get to talk about that. I feed so much off of not only the thing that I'm excited about, because I'm like, okay, great. Somebody else that understands common what I like. A special
1: interest. We love it.
0: Yeah. And then they talk about it and you know, they share and, but, but it's like this, like there's a, there's a bouncing back and forth that gets to a level that is, Spiritual level of excitement for me Which is because like I that- would not achieve it by myself without that constant back and forth build.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I definitely see that. And I agree. I think as an introvert, I feel. A lot of that joy yeah. when I'm alone and learning, which is why I, it's why I love listening to podcasts. I love learning. I love researching. Mm-hmm. And then I love like talking to a person like I was doing today with my friend Carrie and I was just messaging her about human design stuff. And we were just going back and forth, back and forth. And it's like that yeah. to me, like that mutual discovery mm-hmm. is very fun. It's the one thing that's really bonded us too. Yeah. And which is why I think I've said, I don't know if I've said it on the podcast, but I, my, I think i feel I feel like my love language is like discovering things with people, especially when it involves yeah. food because like I just love food, but <laughs> yeah. just in general, discovering things together, whether it be like a lifestyle, whether it be a state of mind, whether it be a new personality quiz <laughs> or, or like a restaurant or a cafe, mm-hmm. like I, that mutual discovery is the thing that like, light, lights me up. Yeah. It's like that childlike, thing because yeah. i did that with my sister uh-huh. all the time growing up
0: it's like an externalized passion that brings <laughs> people together because that to me it's like it's the thing that i don't understand and lauren knows this but like i do not understand why people bond over sports i don't get it like i literally could not care let obviously lauren and her family are very into michigan football and so like i can see it <laughs> go blue i can see it in their family dynamic but like when i just see guys just like dudes oh, getting all yeah. stoked about their like football team and player trades Maybe and like all this their stuff family, like
1: family though they feel that same familiar vibe with their bros and yeah so it feels the same way
0: it's just so funny because it's like it's so outside of you i'm like you literally are not playing the football. Like you are not doing. You the are thing. not playing the game. You are not playing the sport. But you're so stoked about wins and losses and all that kind of stuff. And it's just it's such a funny thing to me to to see people bonding over things like that. But all that to say, I, I like it. For I think I kind of need to destigmatize food. that. Like, what's that? <laughs>
1: the food the vibe like i like yeah. we all you're get like together. i like the party that's I, the fun part I like yeah I like the beer and yeah the you're the like i'm in salsa. a big cozy jersey and, and we like, i get excited about uh-huh. something it feels i think maybe this is the same way for guys i actually don't know but it feels good to get excited about something Mm -hmm. that does have nothing to do with me same thing with reality tv for me it has nothing to do with me but it's exciting to hear their drama and i'm just like or exciting when good things happen or it's exciting when it's like something that you can kind of experience but it's like outside of you Mm -hmm. but you can almost pretend like it is you
0: yeah i feel like that's like the same thing as like super fans of musicians like swifties they're sure. like you're like it's so outside of you and it's so not something you're doing but you're really enjoying it. I guess I can be a little bit more of a passion cuz at least they're creating music for you yeah. to listen to, but I digress. The what I'm trying to say is that like I think for me personally I need to destigmatize my thought around men being this masculine thing.
1: Imagine it's anime. Like imagine not that that's not masculine like no offense people that's not what I'm saying. No, totally. But like yeah, just imagine that yeah. it's, like, a reality show or, like, anime. It's just and they're people like,
0: that build their whole personality around it. I'm, like...
1: Oh, my God, people do that with anime.
0: I suppose they do. I guess it's just that I don't <laughs> do those things. There's such little small facets of, of of who I am that maybe I do need to allow my identity to be built around something no, like that. Well,
1: I mean, you were just saying, like, that's the thing. Like, oh, it's hard when... Um, something that my sister told me in, I mean, years ago... Mm-hmm. Um. she said let the little things be little Hmm. and it's something that like has always meant a lot to me because i feel like something again that you and i have in common is that like we don't really fit into like um social boxes very much yeah um i feel like the only social box we fit in at this point is like podcast vibes which Mm -hmm. is what i was just saying like those people who don't really do small talk well but like whatever um other than that like you know we're not like both we're, we're both into yoga but we're not really yogis mm-hmm. we're like you know we you're into film but you're not doing film there's like lots of things that we're excited about and interested in and things that we do like for me even digital like digital art and th- like I do mm-hmm. so much stuff but I, I don't think I would consider myself just one of those things yeah it's like you dabble it's like the, the in middle school or high school it's like you don't you have like you're like good with all of the clicks you know Mm -hmm. and you just go from one thing to the next and all you do is just like hear their drama and then you go hear their drama and you're like you don't say anything you don't get involved but you just know everything you're just like there that was me
0: oh that was me but I also had crippling social anxiety and I sat at a lunch table by myself and people would come sit by me like these cliques would come surround me and thankfully not expect me to talk with them but just wanted to like not let me be alone
1: oh see i literally just wanted the tea and didn't i didn't stir I got the tea. i didn't stir anything <laughs> i kept it all i was just like sipping on that tea i knew what everybody yeah. thought and yeah I, I feel like no i mean you can embrace sure your like anime vibe you you can embrace those different things and maybe that will be something for you that you realize that maybe there is more to that for you or maybe it's not maybe it is yeah. just something that you get to enjoy and relate to other people about and then that's that's yeah. that you don't totally. got to fit in a social box in order to be worthy of
0: I know. socializing. I know. That's the hard thing for me. Like, I feel like I got to be as passionate as the people that I'm talking to. Like, if oh, I, well, I, like underst- I almost feel bad sometimes when I catch on to somebody's like special interest and I don't really know that much about it, but I like, see, I presented understand. to know some,
1: I think you, I think what you do is you ask questions and I'm the same way. Like, I mean, let's think about it. Who are my closest friends and what do they love? I've, grabbed, Uh I've grabbed onto them. Like anything that the people that I care about, what they're into, I'm like, Oh, all of a sudden that's my special interest. You know, (laughs) I'm like, so such a hard fan and like all these different things. And I think it makes you a good, I think that makes us good friends. Um, but it, we also have to remember, I mean, at least for me, I have to remember like, am I, is this me? Am I interested in this or am Mm. I just wanting them to feel like they can relate? And again, I don't think that's a problem, but I think remembering not to get lost in that is, is at least important still to me?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think too, that like, I think it's, I think what I'm kind of trying to convince myself of is that it's okay to get too into something and then deconstruct it and then break it all down and be like, you know what? This actually isn't something that I want. That's kind of where I'm at with spirituality. I'm Mm -hmm. like, I want to lean into something that makes me feel really dumb when I end up, leaving it yeah. eventually like yeah. i'm like, like have, you,
1: have you done that because you were into like the what are they called
0: i was into the north norse mythology for a little bit yeah. just because i found out that that's very strongly my heritage um and i haven't i haven't flushed it out enough yet i don't think i think i got too embarrassed too quickly <laughs> and yeah. i just felt too like I i i think it's hard for me to like play pretend and yeah. i know we've had this conversation around like I really am very bad at like trying to put on a character, Mm. um, which I think was a lot of my social anxiety. I think a lot of people are better at putting on an identity and just letting it live for a minute.
1: Also, it wasn't totally your fault. Like I will say your parents didn't really let you socialize as a kid. And they like, you know, they really limited your socialization and like that's important for human beings to develop those skills. And so it's not necessarily on you that that this has been a difficult yeah. learning curve for you as an adult. Well, and
0: my one really good friend I had when I was younger ended up in a very traumatic situation for me. Right. And so it's like the one opportunity I did have to to socialize was actually just a very it's it's a very big point of trauma. And so it's like yeah, I guess I my practices are very limited.
1: Yeah. But you're it that. But it's something that like we all (laughs) we all have our hurdles from childhood that we're like getting past now. Yeah, Yeah, and that's just one of them and for you and I mean that's okay. I feel like the childlike play is gonna be something that's gonna be so that is so healing. Mm -hmm. Not just for you, but for me, for all of us. That's again going back to me turning thirty and celebrating me Mm -hmm. as a thirteen year old and like the things that I loved and embracing those things i think it's just a matter of allowing yourself to feel foolish and feel yeah
0: that's the hard one right there
1: yeah like it is when somebody
0: looks at you and is like what in the world
1: i because i i i will be honest like there's some things that i have found that i like that like i think other people would would deem uncool Mm -hmm. and that for me is like hard because like sometimes i feel too feel like I look too cool for how I actually am (laughs) and I feel like
0: you're like people believed this why would I break this yeah literally
1: people thought I was cool so like why would I yeah Yeah. or how can I break this without looking like completely out of my mind um and that's something I've like been trying to figure out but it's been good for me I've I have embraced um trusting myself more that's a whole other thing about like leaning into my childlike joy, but also my childlike intuition, which I had a very strong intuition as a kid and I trusted myself and I trusted what I liked. And I think along the way I very much lost my trust in myself, not just my decisions that yes, but mostly my decisions of what actually was cool or, mm-hmm. or what or what it was that I thought was cool and what brought me mm-hmm. joy and feeling like I need to, I needed to look at other people. Uh, to give me the validation, yeah, for what was socially acceptable, and not just acceptable, but I wanted to excel. Yeah, I'm somebody who doesn't who wanted to excel in in my interactions and wanted to excel in my like social standing. I've am still to this day like feel like I I I have that, and I don't think that's a problem. I think it's a personality trait. Yeah. I don't think it's anything bad and i i'm learning that the best way for me to excel is to trust myself Mm -hmm. and to not look at what other people are pinning what other people are wearing what other people just really going off of myself and nothing else and that's Mm -hmm. so hard in a in the day this modern day where we're so bombarded with what other people deem as cool Mm -hmm. or good or socially excelling not Mm -hmm. just like acceptance
0: yeah I think the biggest thing for me is just like I feel so good that I'm learning to feel safe Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's what play is bringing me Mm -hmm. I think that's what letting myself seem uncool share my joys that bring me a little bit of embarrassment Mm -hmm. is just realizing you know what I am safe I'm so much safer than I ever think I am yeah and i think that's the only thing that that can possibly lead to is the opportunity to grow and build something that maybe isn't quite right and then break it back down and then build something that's a little bit better and then break it back down and just keep on doing that
1: i agree i agree oh i loved this conversation yeah me so too. good well you guys um i hope you enjoyed this conversation mm-hmm. if you did please share with friends it means the world to us. Um subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Go follow on YouTube and all the different things. Um deconstruct.pod on all socials. And yeah, we're even on TikTok. Yeah. So come
0: watch us build something cool.
1: Come hang out with us, have conversations. We love talking with you all. Um thank you so much for listening. Yeah. Until next time.
0: Bye. Bye.